percent this year. Oh, Baron shoves it down on Carolinko's head. What's up, podcast listeners? It's your boy Baron Davis, the newest investor in Blue Wire, ready to roll with you guys. Enjoy this podcast episode and so much more coming. Let's go, baby. What's up, guys? Welcome into Friday's edition of the OBR Newswire podcast. It's your host, Jake Burns. I am going to be riding solo. A couple things came up um, with our with our usual Friday film room guest, John Stephenson. Um, some personal things, so he couldn't record. And I wanted to take this opportunity to touch on a topic that I think is, is uh, pertinent to the study of the 2020 Browns and where things are going for this franchise. And that's the idea of some misconceptions I've seen offensively from Kevin Stefanski's offense that people think is coming in here. So I've been kind of trying to track some 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 bigger misconceptions that I am seeing and uh, we're just going to we're going to hit on those um because you know I think there's a correlation between what Kyle Shanahan runs and the different variations of the quarterback collective and what these offenses look like and how they sort of mesh into today's and the in the modern offense and what they're trying to accomplish because what Kevin Stefanski tried to accomplish last year is different in terms of what some others who run this uh this form of this offense um you know are 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 trying to do at their own level. So, you know, it's like there's the style and then every guy's sort of putting their flair on it based on um you know what they what they have personnel wise or what they want to do structurally to confuse defenses. I mean, the basis is wide zone, and that is similar, um, you know, between Kyle Shanahan and Stefanski and LaFleur and, um, you know, Sean McVay. It is the crux of what these guys do. The basis, the the, the foundational work is in wide zone. And, um, you know, a lot of conversation has come into, um, and this is one of my first key points, which is, uh, you know, the Browns are are looking at bringing a fullback into play more often. Andy Janovich, they went out and traded for. They needed a fullback, an effective fullback. You know, you make the correlation. C.J. Hammond, Minnesota last year, or Kyle Juice check out in San Francisco. It is, uh, you know, it's certainly an important part of this offense. And with the fullback, you start to think of downhill smash mouth football. Well, that is not necessarily what you have here structurally um, for what they expect their fullback to do. So they, they, it is not going to be ISO football, power football downhill a ton. When you look back on last year's offense, it's very different between Stefanski and, say, Shanahan and how they approach this. So there were 280 wide zone rushes for the Vikings last year. Pretty high number. Wide zone is by nature not a smash mouth play. It is a play meant to deceive laterally. Pressure, put pressure on defenses horizontally, laterally, to then get vertical, make a downhill cut to get vertical. You either bounce outside, which is kind of running away from defenses, or you're making a cut downhill to uh, to take advantage of overzealous defenses. So it is not a mono mono scheme. It is a zone scheme. We don't even call this a man-to-man scheme. So those types of man-to-man schemes... Um, there were only 50 runs of that nature for the Vikings last year. Power counter iso trap. They didn't do very much of them. 
They only ran 91 inside zone rushes. So another zone scheme, while not man-to-man in nature, is a little more downhill. They only had 91 of those. A ton, a ton of screens, right? So again, screens are meant to deceive. That is what the Stefanski offense is trying to constantly do. He talks about marrying uh, the pass and the run, right? He wants to mirror those things. But just understand that this is not going to be a downhill gap scheme offense, which power counter those downhill iso trap type of plays. They don't run a ton of them. They're looking to confuse the defense through blocking schemes, put pressure on guys at the NFL level, big fellas up front to run laterally, challenge them in that nature. So you have, uh, you know, the Vikings who had 280, like I said, wide zone plays, and then you can compare that to simply what the 49ers did, which was a different variety of run game. If you watch them through the playoffs, it was less outside zone. They only ran 200 snaps of outside zone scheme. They ran an increased inside zone number at 105 and plenty more gap schemes and 85 more gap scheme snaps, power counter, iso trap. So they were more varied in their approach in the run game and they certainly kept defenses on their toes uh, with what type of of run game they were implementing I think that's the thing people think Shanahan quarterback whisper nah really he's a run game guru uh, and installation and, and different variances to what he's trying to do how they end up blocking the scheme uh, is always deceptively challenging constantly making defenses think and breaking tendencies because that's what you have to do as an offensive coordinator is break tendencies. So um, just a different – I've been wanting to talk about that. It's it's not it's not a, a, a downhill power approach to the run game from Stefanski. At least last year he could change it up. But it is more so tied to um, – you know, a wide zone approach for Stefanski did not want to go downhill that often. Maybe he changes that in Cleveland with this offensive line and uh, with, you know, these running backs he has here. We'll, you know, leave it open to interpretation. But it is still, even if they they do a little bit more power counter gap stuff, um, it is not going to be a smash mouth traditional old school 1990s, 1980s football game that you're thinking. They're implementing these guys these tight end sets, and that takes me to my next point, is, you know, they're going to align the fullbacks in the wing, in the slot. You know, the Janovich will line up in a bunch of different places. He won't just be in the in front of the running back in I formation. He'll be all over the place. They'll use him differently, and they'll use tight ends, right? So we talk about 12 and 13 personnel and the increase that the Browns will see this year with Stefanski's scheme and structure They won't just align those guys with their hands in the dirt. They'll play snaps with three tight ends on the field aligned all over the place, right? They'll line them out wide at Z. They'll align them at X solo on the backside. They'll put them in the slot, a traditional slot, put them in the wing. They'll do a bunch of different stuff with their tight ends, and that uptick in tight ends is not meaning that they're going to put them at tight end and align them with their hand in the dirt. It is a bunch of different things they can do with that spot. And, you know, Stefanski touched on this when they drafted Harrison Bryant in the form of, hey, we want tight ends because defenses match personnel with base. And if you if you see a bunch of tight ends, defensive coordinators think, let's put our base defense on the field, which means more linebackers, which means we probably spend less time through camp, through week to week, preparing for teams that use a ton of tight ends, um, now, the, the league is kind of trickling. More teams are using more tight ends, so it might sort of shift away. There are ebbs and flows to to how offensive coordinators try to cheat defensive coordinators and then how defensive coordinators react to it. 
But the goal would be, hey, we want to keep teams in base because we see less exotic pressure packages from base. Teams spend a ton of time in nickel. Nickel is the most common defensive structure that's adding an extra corner, taking a third linebacker off the field or a fourth, one of your your four linebackers in a 3-4. And then you can get really creative with how you do blitz packages. And Stefanski made that point with Harrison Bryant having three functional tight ends on the roster that this is something that we want to do um, to keep teams out of those crazy pressure packages and, and really help ease the burden on Baker Mayfield, less thinking, more reacting from him right now. Um, hopefully someday he can get to the thinking step ahead structure part, but he's just he just wasn't there in 2019. So I like what he's trying to do to help the quarterback. And 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 that speaking of that helping the quarterback, my third point here before we get we have two left is this is not just a play action system that is boot action off of it. It is it is play action that has three different drop types. There is going to be um, a, a, a drive play action fake with a, a push drop off of it straight back. There's going to be true boot, which is selling wide zone and then booting off of it or selling some sort of zone look up front and booting the opposite direction and rolling out. But there will be straight drops off of play action. So a quarterback extending one direction and then either dropping, you know, if he's if he's selling it to the right, he's going to push off that left foot and drop straight back. Or if he's selling it to the left, he's going to push off the left foot and flip the hips and drop straight back. So it will not always be boot play action. They will do a significant amount of uh, of different types of play action that involve, again, confusing the defense as often as possible. But then two... Um, you know, not just strictly putting your quarterback in that vulnerable boot position where if a team reads that he is not handing the ball off, they're going to be in his face. You have to be selective with how many times you boot fake off of wide zone because teams start to catch up on it and that unblocked backside defensive end or force defender off the backside can become a problem, um, you know, if you do it too many times. So you have to really vary your drops off of play action. They cannot all be the same or teams start to catch on, they start to figure out what it looks like when you're going to pass, and it can it gives them less to think about. So they'll they'll change that stuff up. And the last point I want to make is about Case Keenum. People keep talking about his relationship to Stefanski's offense. And while Keenum had his best year of his career in 2017 with Minnesota as they went to the to the to the NFC Championship game, it was not in an offense structure from the Kubiak tree. Um, that was done by Stefanski. Stefanski was just the quarterback coach, so they do have some um, connection there, but it is not a big connection in terms of this offensive structure. And Case hasn't played in this offensive structure since his time with the Texans early in his career. So yes, the two have a relationship from a quarterback coach to a, to a, to a quarterback, but this is not a Case is coming into an offense that he is automatically comfortable with and knows it extremely well. This is going to be a little bit of a learning curve for him. He did not get exposed to it in Denver. Scangarello came in the year after. He was in Washington last year. Not the same structure. Some similar things. He'll he'll do some things that are similar to things he's done in different spots of his career. But it is not like a hand in glove. This is the offense that that Case Keenum thrived in with his in his biggest year as a professional. No, this is not that structure. It is different. That the OC at that time was Pat Shermer, and then Shermer took the job with the Giants. Now has since been relieved. But you get where I'm going with that. So. That is just a misconception I wanted to talk about with Case. We will have a ton of stuff coming up on the YouTube channel. We're going to revisit some of the things that I have noticed 
throughout our time looking at Stefanski's offense. I wrote a four-part series way back when they hired him. We're going to revisit that, look at some plays, and do some video analysis kind of hand-in-hand. We'll get that up on YouTube next week. I will also have a Greedy Williams study that will be coming out early next week, too, Monday. Just a f- I've gone through. I did Sione Taki Taki. I'm going to keep doing the rookie draft class film review, sort of looking at all of those guys. I'll get to Mac Wilson eventually as well. Uh, but want to start that every offseason, analyzing rookie tape and what we can you know, feel encouraged about or discouraged about or whatever. So thanks for riding with me solo here. I know it's not the most <laughs> entertaining and back and forth stuff, but maybe you learned a couple things about this offense and hopefully we can we can uh we can learn more as we go and, and we get a coach and play caller who can be here for more than a year or two. And we can really start to figure out their tendencies over the long haul. So appreciate you guys being here and joining us all week. Uh, I do hope that you go over and check out the Blue Wire Podcast Network. A ton of great things going on there. Big names joining. A really big-time former NFL tight end is going to be on the network soon. We're pretty pumped about that. Not going to give any names away. Baron Davis just joined, among many other great ones. And we want to thank and shout out our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag, who has that matching uh, sorry, not the matching, but the welcome bonus using the promo code BLUEWIRE so you can get back into your betting as the NASCAR and the NBA and everything starts trickling back in. Uh, so, yeah, listen, thanks. Appreciate you joining us. Hopefully you're staying safe. We could all probably use a relaxing weekend. I hope you get one in. And uh, I hope you continue to check us out here at the OBR and become a loyal member. We appreciate all your support. And until next week, guys, go Browns. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, And I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.